0: And welcome. Welcome to uh, the latest episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. Uh, My name is Damien Greathead. My co-host is Penny Breslin. Uh, And basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to share our insights with listeners uh, into accounting and bookkeeping firms who are trying to grow their business, who are trying to move away from that compliance aspect of the business, the um the 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 deadline driven aspects of tax and accounting uh and bring more value to the client relationships um we've said it many times before accountants and bookkeepers um got a phenomenal knack for being able to tell a story from columns of numbers uh and that's a critical skill that uh that small business owners need to be able to leverage to be successful so um to do it we've got to get uh, a few things in place um and that's what we've been talking about um, sometimes we get a little bit distracted by the shiny new app, the shiny new object, uh, and we fail to to really build the infrastructure and the business uh, required to to be successful at that. So, strategy in the virtual controller designed to help um, small businesses that do accounting and bookkeeping uh, be successful. So, Penny, how are you today? I'm
1: fine, Damien. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, it's sort of that interesting time of the year where, where it's sort of just before holidays and trying to get as much done before the year end but also recognizing that uh, I want to get out on vacation pretty pretty quickly I would love to, but it ain't going to happen. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Um, uh, folks, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what episode number we're up to um, at the moment. I've sort of lost track, uh, but you can catch all the episodes at satvc.co, satvc.co, uh, and obviously where you find your um, your favourite podcast. But um, while I've lost count of, lost track of the, the number we're up to, I do know that we've been previously focused we've been very inward looking and in making sure that we're getting our own backyard in order what is it that we want to do sort of uh making um, intentional decisions on the types of services that we want to provide, the types of customers we want to work with, the types of tools we want to use and, and very focused on workflow, et cetera. And last couple of episodes, we, we got into pricing. Um, but now um, I, I feel like we're, we're sort of ready, ready, ready. Now we've got to get out and talk to a client, don't we? And, and actually meet with the clients. Um, I, I saw a lot of firms um, that wanted to get into this space, um they didn't actually meet with clients strangely enough they they'd have a conversation they'd lob a proposal over they'd put three offers in front of them or three options in front of them but but never actually met with the client um and surprise surprise weren't particularly successful so penny what are your thoughts on on meeting with the client?
1: hmm well they there you it always wonderful to go out to their location
0: yeah. Um,
1: it's- You know, because there's so much that happens in a business that affects the business's money but doesn't actually happen within the office where all the bookkeeping of that business or or the banking or whatever takes place. So it's good to, especially if it's a new client and you are going to be doing something beyond just compliance work, um, it's good to meet with them. And so... Uh, but during COVID, it's kind of like, well, you couldn't do that. Um, so there are other tools you know, that, that are, are useful. Um, they're not quite as, as, as forthcoming as actually being boots on the ground. But um, the tools that you did use, that you have learned to use during COVID are also tools that you can learn, use now to record the conversations, capture information. So the real, the thing is, is you got to know the client and um, point in case, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were setting up a QBOA for a, in, a, a firm, business, what have you, that was going to be doing financial advising for small businesses. And... He said, okay, I'm going to put up this one client. I'm going to put them in QBO. And, in QBO, and um, what are the apps that you think that they should have? And I started asking him questions. I said, well, tell me about the business. And um, 45 minutes into the Zoom meeting, I said, okay, um, you have told me seven times you don't know when I specifically asked you what the client does in this situation. I said, I don't think that neither either you nor I are capable of deciding which apps or which integrations, or even how the heck we're going to set up this QBO file. because there are there's too much information. You just don't know.
0: And, and if that's the case, how how on earth do they price it? So,
1: <laughs> exactly. so have you figured out how much you're going to charge them yet? You know, I mean, uh, so I think I think that a lot of times we'll just uh, throw people into something because. Uh, you know, and the longer I the more of this went on uh, for this particular client. I'm going, damn! If you're going to use QBO, it's just going to be money in, money out because there's just too much going on in this business. They have products they sell. They have light manufacturing. They have wholesale. I said, dude, <laughs> there's a lot more going on here than just yeah. It's going to be a big, heavy uh, stack of of apps on top of. QBO, or it's going to be a different GL altogether. But um, which I ended up recommending um, a different GL. But then there is there's the other thing. So I mean, I think you you have to you have to really have your QA get up, do a little research on the client uh, before you go out there. Um, Google their website, Google uh, their social media. Um, figure out, you know. The, 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 figure out the, 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 the brain or the, or the feeling of the company and then decide, if especially if you have a team, who's best to go out and interview the client. It may not be the person you think that should be going out
0: there. It may not be you. <laughs> not be you. Yeah, I, I think that's important. You. Yeah, because I, I think, and again I think we think about the skill set of our team. Um, we think about the skill set of ourselves, um, and knowing a lot of not a, a lot of partners in accounting businesses, they can very quickly get stuck into the weeds and the minutiae of a business versus coming in and trying to look at a big picture and then getting um, starting starting high and then narrow and then narrowing down, or vice versa. They're, they're just too high level
1: okay, yeah, that's, here's the other, the other stories. And that's happened with the same firm twice. And eventually one of the partners ended up leaving the firm, but um, they had two clients on two different occasions where they flew me in to work with them on getting the client, well, actually getting the contract and then figuring it out. And in, the first time it happened, I just sat back and watched um, and listened and, um, and listened to, a, to several CPAs and a supposed QuickBooks professional bookkeeper tell me all the things that they could do because of their credentials. And the business owner is sitting there. And, and the longer that discussion went on, the more he was sweating bullets. Because
0: um, it sounds expensive, is that why?
1: <laughs> you know, but, but, because I think that the guy was in a lot of—he was in a lot of discomfort about his business. Very successful, but was about to lose somebody who was very, very critical to the business because he was moving to Australia to become a surfer. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> David.
0: and that's, no, not that's, that's not me. That's
1: not me. But at no point did anybody ask him what his goals were. So sometimes I think you have to start at the top. Like, what is it that you wanted? There was a reason you contacted us. What is it that you really want? Um, and if you're advertising uh, a business where you are supporting people in non compliance, back office, process, money management, um, they're calling you for a reason. So I do think that you need to to learn their goal. And in that case, um, I wrote about this already where, you know, in the last 15 minutes of the meeting I got up and because the, the CPA that hired me and flew me up there said, do you have anything to say? And I said, if you want to hear it, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and in 15 minutes drew on a whiteboard, this is what you've got. This is your problem. This is what you want a solution for. Here are the solutions you already have in place. Here are the things that we could probably look at going down the line. Laid that all out in the board in 15 minutes. And he just said, yeah, sign the contract, whatever it is. Um, just, yes, I want that. I want that. And it was like, you know, we're, we're an hour and a half into the, uh, a two-hour meeting that, you know, it was the first time he ever actually said anything. You know, I was like, wow, I mean. There's one thing about touting your own business and stuff. Um, listen to the pain of the person. And so so the that, that company, they signed their contract. We've worked out all the flow, the changes and stuff. And they handed it over to one of the partners because he was closest, you know, to the guy. He was, and, you know, six months later, I get a call going, Could you come down and help again? And it's because he was a CPA. He did not believe in using any of the applications that we put in place. He expected all of that to be done in a different way, and he was just going to live in Excel spreadsheets, and he was going to send the client the standard run-of-the-mill reports, which is not what he signed up for. Um, And then shortly after that, they brought me up, for another client. In this case, I did step in very quickly because of the sheer panic I saw on this young man's face. And um, he was taking over his family business. And it was obvious that he was very good at the front of the business, but he had no idea how to manage the money. And his father had been pretty paying every playing everything, close to the vest, everything was in paper. Um, There was nothing. And he was literally shaking uh, at one point. And so I stepped in and just put my hand on his hand and said, listen, we're gonna take care of this. So just take a deep breath and tell me how you feel.
0: So there's a, yeah, go on, sorry.
1: So again, this was handed off eventually to the CPA. Uh, and he went back to his Excel spreadsheets and, um, didn't do any of the things that we were, we had promised this kid we would do. We would promise we would get him through this, that we would up, help him upgrade the systems and help him, um, get through this because that's what he signed up. For. That's the contract he signed. That's what he was paying for. And, um,
0: i mean it's sort of interesting though there's a couple of things which we'll dig into a little bit more deeply but just with that example he's not saying well he probably is signing up for tax return and financial reporting but at at, but there's so much more
1: out of his mouth the whole time i was there say again i never heard the words tax return or financial planning out of his mouth
0: no i know and and um but that's what the the cpa sort of went back to whereas um what the guy was signing up for was a systems overhaul um and if we sort of think about uh, a back office systems overhaul and if, if we sort of think about this type of this role of controller um it, it's an enormous opportunity for accountants and bookkeepers to step into that and help um a lot of back offices of small businesses modernize and automate um but as you said this is what was keeping the guy up at night not the actual the the amount of paper and and the sort of the the running of the back office not the tax implications of that but um but the actual day-to-day of of cash flow of of record keeping of of that whole back office function um and it sounds like when it was handed over to the partner i'm not sure was it the partner just reverted back to what they were most comfortable with or or they they thought it was a given that um, that this stuff was being done. What do you think?
1: Um, he felt like what was important were the financial um, files that he was sending him. Yep. And he he, it was an argument that he, he was adamant about, that this is what the client really needs and this is what the client really wants. And they ended up losing the client. The first one they kept. Because they took that guy off of it and they kept him, still a client. Well, actually, I don't know if he's still a client because I was brought in again. And this was like several years ago that I went and did that initially, but I was brought in again uh, because he was getting ready to sell the business. And so uh, we were brought in, my back office team was brought in to um, do a bunch of cleanup work.
0: But I think, and, and if we go back a little bit further to that, exa- the first example you said, I, I I've seen it so many times as well that you sit in a, and I've actually done it myself. You sit with a prospective client, and and basically you do ninety percent of the talking, sort of explaining this is what we do, this is how we're, this is how we work, this is how we operate. Um, whereas you've really got to flip that um, that sort of a ratio and have the the prospective client, the client doing the talking. And I like that question that you asked, why did you come to us? What What are you expecting to get out of this meeting? Your time is valuable, but you've given up two hours to meet with us. What do you want to get out of this? I mean, I think that's, that's a really good question that I hope listeners sort of write down and say, you know what, I'm going to open with that question the next time I sit in front of a prospective client. The other one is, um, what are you, what, what are you not getting from your current provider that you think we can help with? Because I think that would be another interesting question to ask: is what aren't you getting uh, that you think we can provide? And and I think that's a, I, I sort of, I remember reading that question: what you think we can do, um, and get them talking. And and nine times out of ten, you'll be able to check off everything on their list. And if not, you'll know you'll know the other professional in your network that can. Um, so, sit down, shut up, and 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 ask those probing questions. I think is the, the key.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I in, you're not going to get it all in one. No. If you're out there on the floor, if you're if you have the opportunity to do, to expand your questions beyond just the owners, that if they give the opportunity, because I did that, uh, this was. Same firm that flew me up again for a di- totally different um, engagement, similar type of business. They had similar similar type issues, but uh, you know, I didn't just talk to the owners. I asked permission. I talked to your employees. You know how? Show me how you do what you do.
0: Yeah. Um, um one of the things um uh, my old business partner chris frederickson good friend of a good friend of the show uh, yes. um he he his motto was you never leave without the general ledger without the gl and i think back in back in the day the gl probably was either the the, the quickbooks file on a cd-rom or it was a physical uh ledger but um he 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 wanted to get on the on the client's floor into the client's business as quickly as possible. Whereas a lot of, um, a lot of folks wanted the first meeting to happen in our in their office, where, you know, they see the fancy, um, the fancy boardroom and all that type of stuff. But his thinking was, I want to get into the prospective clients business as quickly as possible, because then I can see where I can help there, then I can talk to the team, talk to the staff, uh, maybe talk to a customer or two, if, if depending on the type of business. But I, that that always struck me as um, a bit of a no brainer. But but the sooner you can get into your prospective client business, the sooner you're going to see opportunities to help. And again, we, we sort of fall into the trap of um, a saying too much at meetings, but then also trying to impress them with with our fancy offices and our fancy boardrooms, but at the end of the day, the, the client doesn't really care about you. The client cares about what you can do for them.
1: W i i f m.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can read. yep.
1: Um, and it's it's a good idea if you if this is the kind again going back to step number one. If this is what you really want to do, um, you you have to create some kind of empathy between you and the client. Um, and they have to feel like you do understand them. Um, and, you know, you. if you've got a team, if you've got the good technology that you can depend on, um, then the accounting kind of can take can happen with very little effort once it's set up. Now You still got the setup and everything. But the accounting and the bookkeeping, you can control. It's then you know, the relationship, the, the assistance that you can give, because again, I always, you said it at the beginning of this one, I still believe that accountants can see stuff that uh, me as an average business owner, I don't see it. And they look at numbers. When I talk to, you know, my clients who are CPAs, I can tell that they, they, they they know they can tell their clients. I mean, I'm I'm in the Zoom meetings when they're talking to my team was doing their work, and you could see that they know the clients doing well or not, and what it is that's causing it. And they're looking at the numbers in a way that I can't see it because I don't have the relationship with the client. Um, but also,
0: that's not your skill set. You but you you can go into a, a into a back office and 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 flag process improvements that are going to automate the entire that, that that's your skill set. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Penny, let's get a little bit more practical now, because obviously getting into the client's business is really important. But we saw with COVID that, that that wasn't possible. But also, generally speaking, there's no reason... If if I've got a, a, a microbrewery specialty in San Diego, there's no reason why I can't be helping a microbrewery in Washington State or, or Texas. Or oh, no,
1: absolutely. So absolutely. what? Ha,
0: how do we get in? How do we get into? And I I, I did inverted commas, which um, you can't see, but how do we get into the clients business when we either have a a global pandemic or B we are this virtual um, virtual business and and we service clients quite niched potentially uh, across the country. How do we get into the client's business and, and and what are the the steps and the tools that you use to really get under the hood, so to speak, um, of these businesses?
1: Well, it's it's in the case of, uh, here's one, um, clients, uh, sometimes it's just a hit and miss, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is a client who's coming on board with us. That's uh, not a firm. Uh, it's a direct client. I'm very adverse to taking, but a friend of this is a client of ours, um because the accounting firm asked us to go direct to doing the bookkeeping for this client. She's turned another client on to so the same thing. They're real estate development uh, and, and investors. Um, and Not sure what flipping state he's in, to tell you the truth, because he's always Zooming in from someplace different. But third Zoom meeting, and I finally got the CPA who's been doing this work, who doesn't want to do the bookkeeping and accounting anymore, only wants to do the tax returns. Finally got her on it. And in that two-month stretch of starting this and um I started asking questions and I said excuse me but I see something different than what you th- what the C just told me and he goes oh cuz we didn't tell her that we just did this and she goes you did what and it's like you know and so I'm going I'm going every time I have a meeting with you the actual uh flow of 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 letting it go and and fall into this like path of of just chunking out the bookkeeping and accounting is gets delayed. And that's because they're in a super growth mode Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: the business itself is in flux. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because they have no accounting to begin with. I mean they had just Excel spreadsheets. So putting them in stuff and and getting the technology and everything lined up was one thing. Um, And then, you know, just, but figuring out the changes, uh, we literally had a one hour conversation scheduled. It turned into two. And I kept on asking the CPA doing test. said, are you good with this? We're going to have to go on. She goes, no. She goes, I'm I'm taking notes. (laughs) 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 I'll send you the recording. Uh, But so you have to be open to those kind of events happening. Um, so, uh, and 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 there was several times during that, and I said, okay, well that that's interesting information. That's going to happen, but it's not part of the original engagement. Yeah that you wrote so you're defining now you're going okay you came to us and this is what you based on the pricing that you saw on our website if we had that three packet thing and then you find out there's a little bit more you go, okay you realize that um that part that is new information uh is off the scope of what you expected yep and we would do it. so um it's also uh and it's also a good time if you can do this on site or even, like I've done this in a Zoom meeting. Um, little kids running in and out, you know. Yeah. Uh, partners in one state, you know, to two, three owners, three owners in this this investment uh, management firm, and 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 they're all in three different states. And I can't tell you where the CPA is. I don't really know. I haven't. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure I, I, I figured it out at one point, but just completely blanked on it. Um, and none of us have ever seen each other, but have I gotten a lot of deep information about this company? Sure, and I did it all through Zoom.
0: And um, and I, I guess if, if you're sort of listening, I, I think you've got to take advantage of the, Zoom, for example, screen sharing, the recording, the transcription service that sits within it. I, I, I realize we're sort of getting in, in the weeds here but i I think through zoom in a a virtual world there are many ways to do it and i think when we went on site um we we actually anticipated a lot of casual conversations we could have a chat with the the, one of the clerks in the back we could probably have a chat with a customer or we could have a, a chat with someone in the in the warehouse casually whereas i think in this virtual world we have to formalize that and standardize that. And so where you actually well, say, I want to spend 30 minutes with the, the, the AR clerk, or I want to spend 30 minutes with someone in customer service, to, just to better understand what's happening. And so I think you can um, quite easily formalize a lot of this discovery that would typically happen casually or inadvertently, by being on site, you've just got to formalize that and make sure you're still capturing it. And I don't think a, a client, a prospective client, is is going to be offended or worried if you sort of said, I'd, I'd love to spend 15 minutes with a couple of people in the team to better understand their business and, and better understand their role in the business. And um, do you mind if we do a quick screen share and you just actually show me how you do that? How do you process it? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you've got five different applications to take care of this one process. Okay, let me record that. Let me get it transcribed. And and then, again, this helps me um, really define what the scope of this agreement actually is rather than than flying blind and, and and having those seven conversations of, well, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. And, and God, that was, that, you, I hear it a lot. But to have it happen that much in one conversation, it was like, you are jumping the the, the fence on this one way too soon. I'm making decisions about this client and asking me to make decisions. I can't make decisions when you don't have those answers. But the other thing too is, um, and I think that back to what you said about the breweries, as an example, when you do a vertical like that, you have, it's not as difficult because, yeah, true. you know, you get the rhythm, you know how these businesses operate when they're verticalized like that. They have the kind of the same types of vendors, they have the same buying process. They're probably using, if it's a decent sized business, it's probably using some proprietary software that works with whatever, whatever GL that they're using. So, I mean, you've got some kind of system already laid out and it's more of getting to know the people. Yeah. Um, So I I do think that, um, that, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize me as a as the person that would be running an accounting firm. But I do think that somebody who has the ability who thinks I heard a, a very good friend of mine said to me the other day when we were walking the dogs, he goes, he goes, you know, you think outside the box, that's a good thing. He goes, but always remember when you're thinking outside the box, that anything you're thinking relates to what's in the box. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I said, why did I get a little esoteric there on you? <laughs> a little. <laughs> I went, okay. But, so, I mean, I have a tendency to do that, but I think that uh, you have to have people who can step outside of a box, but always know that that its point whatever they're doing is pointing back into a problem that's in that box and that you're looking for a solution um, so
0: and I, I think it starts with that being comfortable with open ended questions because I, I know your your discovery checklist you know it's 16 17 pages and um and 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 that's really important as a part of getting into the business and that's a re- as i said a really important part of this discovery process but but just as important that structure of the checklist and discovery checklist but just as important is that ability to sit there and ask the question penny what why did you ask for this meeting or or why did you call for this meeting or why did you take this meeting and and, and shutting up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just having the client share with them what's keeping them up at night um, i think my first job out of university was working with a guy called Rick Payne, and and they did the results accounting systems. And his question, I, I always thought it was forced, but it was if you had a magic wand, what would you do? Um, but it was it was basically trying to help uh, accountants who are very um,
1: linear, very methodical,
0: and linear in the way that they the way that they think and the way that they approach problems. But getting them comfortable with this idea of open ended questions. Back to your back to your example that kicked us off, an hour and a half into the meeting, and the client actually hadn't said a thing. Yeah. And so, how do you become comfortable with that? How do you become comfortable with the silence? And how do and then you do that in person? How do you how do you replicate that in a virtual world? Um. And how do you capture the information that's uh, that the client is actually sharing? I think that's probably one thing that. You miss out on some of the body language cues in Zoom. Not all of them, but you do miss out on some of the body language, the it's fidgeting fun. or the nervousness.
1: Yeah, we do. There's always, you know, virtual reality. <laughs> it's another. Sure. To- uh, but,
0: but at the other, but the other end of it is, I think, to your point, is you, you're not going to discover everything in a sixty-minute phone call. It's a series. It's 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 a journey. Um, and I, just as I said that, I, I, I sort of remembered going back to I think our first pricing conversation in one of the episodes. Um, that's why we bill it by the hour for the first three months because we don't mm-hmm. know what we don't know.
1: Oh no, we don't know, and the client doesn't know what they don't know.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, you gonna you might get some people who are really you know once in a blue moon you're gonna get somebody who's a shithead. Yeah, uh, they're going to hide stuff from you, or they're not going to be honest and upfront with you. Um, that's, I find that that's very not common. Um, it has happens, but it's not common. Most people, if you allow them to talk, if you if you give them the space to feel comfortable, and they feel like you're being empathetic with them, will tell you exactly how they're feeling, what their goals are, what, if they could wave a magic wand, what they would want things to look like. But they don't always know what you're gonna need to help you take them on that journey, right? And you don't always know that they have the information that you need. So it does take a while of back and forth, um, and it can be frustrating up front. But the, the end result is that you have a detailed um, scope of an engagement, a detailed process, and you probably now have about six or seven months worth of value added that you know you're going to do once you get the numbers done. And yeah, good down. point. Yep. You do, because yeah. you've already in the back of your head going, boy, once we get this done, we're going to have to introduce this. But you know, we're going to do it all at once.
0: And we yeah. can't actually do that until we get th- this part taken care of. I think that's a really important one. Um, but I, I, I think just as you were talking there and, and you, you did say it, but I just want to reinforce is the scope's going to change and you've got to be comfortable with the scope changing and bringing it to the attention of the client to say that that's, that's more than what we agreed to. And that's okay, but... Mm-hmm. We need to we need to redefine this scope. So I think that's becoming comfortable with that as well. Because again, so I I think we,
1: With that 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 investing plan? Yeah. Like, Whoa, wait a minute, back up. You know, did not tell us we were going to be asked to do this.
0: Yeah, and more often than not, the client understands. Mm-hmm. And, and so so the client understands. The client recognizes that nothing that, that that this is more than what we agreed, and and the client probably over this series of time has
1: got their own insights into what you could do for them.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And, and again, (laughs) if you're helping them grow, they're not going to be challenging uh, uh, the change, the change in scope, the change in the agreed fees. They'll be pissed if they get a bill unexpectedly. But, Mm -hmm. and again, all goes back to what we've been talking about, is this open dialogue, this constant open dialogue that if you don't give yourself the space to, to, to think about your clients' businesses, you, you're really going to struggle to develop that relationship.
1: Yeah, space is important. Uh, not the number of clients you have, but the quality of clients you have, the quality of the work that you do, the quality of your team team's work. Um, give, them, give everybody space to get it done right. Um, nobody ever, somebody somebody said it to me, might've been Fredrickson, no, Mark Albrecht, I think so. he said nobody ever died because their bank wasn't reconciled. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it's a business owner's. You know, got to know that, then that they're going to be able to pay their bills, pay their employees, and at the end of the day, take some profit home. Yeah, and um, and that's you know. Growth is great. Everybody wants to get rich real quick. Okay, great, good, good, good. But um, getting more money doesn't necessarily mean more profit. Um, so, and then you have to define what that profit is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it. This is tough. This is tough during COVID. This is tough uh, during even after COVID that we've moved into a virtual world, and also. Think about the people that you're going to bring into your business that are going to support these endeavors. They may not all be CPAs, accountants. You might be bringing in different types of people with different skill sets, um, people who can write, people who can take uh, a, a Zoom and take a transcription off of Otter or, or Chorus or whatever and turn it into a procedure. And, um, I can tell you this, uh, I just, unfortunately I'm going to lose my, my process and procedure person uh, because she's going to have a, a baby. Um, and, uh, but so I just spent this morning writing a new app or yeah. uh, somebody because that's a critical part of my business. And it Go, um, goes
0: back to one of the other, ep- actually a couple of episodes about building the team. Don't clone. <laughs> you don't need another you don't clone yourself. Yeah, what complements you?
1: Yeah. Compliment you clone yourself when you want to create another vertical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, then. Yeah. Penny. I, I think that's a really good uh, spot to leave today's episode. Um, and, and I, I do hope listeners of a feeling more confidence to, to get out there and talk to their clients about how they can really help their businesses grow. They can really help with better controller level services, a, a better financial function happening within their small business clients. Um, and again I think accountants and bookkeepers perfect people to provide this service. but yeah you've got to get that back um, that back the backyard in order. But then also, we've got to get out and have a conversation with our clients and find out what's keeping them up at night. But um, really enjoyed this one, Penny. I, I thought it was a. Now that we're sort of getting out and talking to clients, I think that's the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Well, that's where I like. It,
0: yeah. Out, I don't. And and, and, and <laughs> get, get, getting into the clients' business and and, and seeing what's going on and s- sort of, I don't want to say, but seeing the dysfunction. Um, I, I think and and seeing as you said, here is six months worth of work that we're going to continue to, to, to add value to this relationship. And at six months, 12 months, um, I I think that's the exciting bit. I know when I worked in an accounting firm, the tax season was awful, but um, it's sort of what you did because in the summer and, and meant that you could actually get out to the client's businesses and see what was going on in the, in the back office.
1: Sure, yeah, and have some fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. Penny, always a pleasure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, satvc.co is where you can find the episodes, is where you can find any uh, materials, articles, uh, Penny's reference to her book there. Uh, you can find a link for that as well. Um, do us a favour, uh, leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating, and that's going to help us um, get out into the, the ether and help more and more accounting and bookkeeping professionals that uh, are wanting to do this in their business. But uh, Penny, until next time, I'll see you later.
1: Bye-bye, Damien.